Thank goodness for that. The RSPCA was able to organise someone to just swoop on in here and take the little guy to get some medical treatment. Sounds like he's going to be just fine. Again, nice work. You did the right thing. <sighs> Sorry, it's just one of those days. I'll just take this and then I'll show you another site. Hello, Tyrone speaking. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. Definitely. No worries, I'll meet you there in, uh, say, 30 minutes? Perfect. Speak to you then. Alright, change plans. That was a resident who lives in Caloundra. Apparently a bat colony has moved into the bushland behind their house. And they're not exactly stoked about it. This is actually perfect. Because this kind of thing will be one of your key responsibilities. Also, it's always good to get a fresh pair of eyes on these things. Maybe you'll see things differently. We better get a move on. These types of visits can be a bit tricky. We've spoken about how special and how important flying foxes can be, but it's not always so easy to live near them. Remember how we could smell their scent? And how during different parts of the year that scent can become stronger? Well, for some people, it's very unpleasant. They can also be noisy neighbours, as you heard before. They love a chat. So this can be really challenging to live close to as well. Another thing that makes them a sometimes difficult neighbour is that they can be pretty messy. Like I said earlier, their diet consists of nectar and pollen and fruit, so their droppings can stick to things like cars. They can be very frustrating for people living nearby. It's very hard to clean off and can damage the paint. One of the tricky things with handling these sorts of situations is that flying foxes constantly move around in search of food. So somewhere that didn't have flying foxes, say, six months ago, might have 20,000 new residents move in today. It's hard, because the thing is, they're losing a lot of their habitat. We love living near the beach, don't we? Yeah, so do they. And they were actually here first. To make space for our homes, we often chop down the trees they call home. Also, because of global warming, bushfires and other natural disasters are becoming more frequent. These events can destroy their homes, and so they're living closer to us humans because they've got nowhere else to go. And that's where situations like this arise. It's a tough one, isn't it? Okay, we're here. Now we're meeting Sam. They've lived in this area for over 20 years, and a few weeks ago, a large colony of flying foxes moved into the bushland behind their house. Let's go and have a chat and see what we can do. Hi. Hey, you must be Sam. Yes, Tyron, was it? That's me. 
So you've got some new neighbours? Yeah, like 20,000 of them. You can probably hear them already. Come around the side and you'll see the full extent of what we're dealing with. It's loud, isn't it? The whole street is pretty upset about it. And the smell is intense, as I'm sure you can tell. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big roost. And very close to your houses here. It's been a bit of a nightmare to live next to, to be honest. I'm a shift worker and the noise keeps me up. Our dog Stringo keeps barking at them. We just got a new car and it's absolutely covered in their droppings. No one's getting any sleep. We're just really stressed about it all. Yeah, that sounds really tough. We have a lot of flying fox roosts across the Sunshine Coast, so we're pretty familiar with helping to improve situations like this. Leave it with us. We'll come up with a plan. Thank you. That would be amazing. I am so sleep deprived. I can't go on like this for much longer. No worries. We'll do our best. It's a tough one, hey? Let's jump in the car and have a chat. This is going to be hard, but we do have some options. Luckily, Sunshine Coast Council have given us 100 batty bucks for situations just like this. First up, we need to improve the situation for Sam and the other local residents as soon as possible. But we also need to consider the well-being of the flying foxes. We need to find an answer that is sustainable and works for both humans and flying foxes. So there's a few things we can do to help. First up, there's dispersal. Flying foxes come home really early in the morning. If we use things like smoke, loud noises, lights, all at sunrise, we can scare them away. However, there is a catch. There's no guarantee the flying foxes will leave forever. They could come back a few weeks later. So we have to keep doing it for a really long time, which is also pretty disruptive to the neighbours. Now, if the flying foxes do leave this area, they might just go somewhere nearby. Something else to consider is that this method is actually quite harmful for the flying foxes. Imagine getting scared every night when you try to go to bed and having to run to another room. Lastly, you need to think about the price. It's really expensive. It's 90 batty bucks, so you'd be using nearly your whole budget. But I guess there's a chance they will leave this area. Option two is to make a buffer. By removing some of the trees or using sprinklers, we're able to push the flying foxes back a little from the houses, so they're further away, which makes them a little less noisy and smelly. By using this method, we haven't bothered the flying foxes too much, and there's little impact on the environment. Sounds pretty good, hey? But they will still be there, and some people may still be affected. Creating a buffer costs 30 batty bucks, so it's a start, and you won't break the bank but you haven't really solved the problem because the flying foxes will still be there. The third option is making a flying fox habitat or home somewhere else. By planting trees and building creeks away from houses gives flying foxes food and habitat away from people, which means less impact on humans like Sam. And the flying foxes are happy too. Awesome, right? Problem solved. Not quite. It can take up to 20 years for the new habitat to be ready. So it doesn't get rid of the problem right now. But, on the plus side, only cost 20 batty bucks. And lastly, we have option four, education. 
things like school talks, TV shows, books and videos, maybe even a podcast, anything to teach people how important flying foxes are to the environment. This means more people understand how important they are in keeping our forests healthy and they may not be so angry towards them. It doesn't damage the environment and it only costs 15 batty bucks. Alrighty, it's time for another activity. Click pause and draw a table for the four methods to improve the flying fox situation. Create columns for the cost of each option and list the positives and negatives. We'll regroup in a moment. Press play once you've finished. All right, what do you reckon? You've got 100 batty bucks and we need to solve this issue ASAP. What's your first point of call? If you choose the dispersal method, go to episode five. Maybe you want to try and build a buffer. Head to episode six. You think a new habitat will help Sam and the other residents get their life back on track. Scroll down to episode seven. And if you think education is key to kick things off, click on episode number eight. But quick, Sam is losing her patience. 